And it breaks my heart to think that he would go to his grave not knowing who Jesus Christ is. And the song is so ironic. I will choose free will. And it's one of the subjects that I think we tend to we talk about a little bit, but we maybe steer clear because if I explain to you what free will is, then you got to take ownership for your stuff. What? Shut up. I ain't doing it. I, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's easier to blame, right? And we're all proficient accusers and blamers. Why is that so? Why is it so hard to believe that we actually did what we did? and we can't blame anybody else for our stuff. Why is that? Why is it that we behave in that fashion? So the song gave a couple of different twists to, uh, to just some scenarios of life and who you follow and how you follow and, and things that you do. And God is so good that he gave us this thing called free will. But here's, here's the scenario, is that making no choice is still making a choice. Amen. And the song actually sings about that a little bit, that like, you still have made a choice. And it's important for us to remember that because we can, uh, here you go, Allie. Because we can run around like this, this ambiguous traipsing. Right? How do you like that? Can you believe that I'm sitting there writing this sermon? I got a little tired to take a little schnoozer schnooze on the couch. You know, it's a little, little, little of these. And I'm just kind of, and I couldn't get to sleep, and this thing's running through my head. Like, oh my gosh. So, what is it? Ambiguous equals unclear or inexact because a choice between alternatives has not been made. So if you think about sitting between two things and not making a choice, and a lot of times, why do we not make a choice? <laughs> That's what we are, but our emotions... Our emotions twist us because if I go this way, then I make this person angry. If I go this way, I make this person angry. And so I'm stuck in the middle of this virtual hell because I don't have the spiritual and emotional health to stand firm on what I believe. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. So the traipsing, walk or move wearily or reluctantly. So here we are, stuck between these two things, and right? Can you just imagine yourself like tiptoeing through this thing? Like, ah! And we go through this life afraid that we might make somebody upset. So we stop standing for anything and just pretend like our Jesus doesn't even matter. But not making a decision on those things, we've still made a decision. Because you're not talking about it, doesn't mean that you haven't made a decision because your silence speaks louder than your words. And the church has been silent for far too long. Millions of babies dead. 
millions, thousands if not millions of children sold into slavery and still virtually nothing from the church. You say you've made the choice to follow Christ, and yet, where's your voice, church? We run forth ambiguously traipsing through the world. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it fit. So I was like, well, that's cool. Let's try one more. Contrary repositioning. How do you like that one? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm trying to nap, and he's throwing this stuff at me. I'm like, really? Like, I don't even know what this means. I gotta look these words up. Like, do they go together? Well, they do. Contrary. Perversely inclined to disagree or to do the opposite of what is expected or desired. So we move in the opposite way of what we should be doing. Reposition, place in different position, adjust or alter the position of. We have solid word of God that is not able to even be questioned, and yet we question. We place the word of God somewhere else in hopes that it hits a different nerve or emotion because upsetting the world would just be hard for us. And so it's a lot easier to take the word of God and put it over here and say, well, he didn't really say that. He didn't really mean that. And then we, we kind of we skirt over here, contrarily reposition our faith and our intellect, our thoughts and our ideas, so that we fit in a much softer, gentler way. We don't want to play Christ, we want to play Charmin. Don't squeeze the Charmin. Why is it? You know what this is? This is French for hypocrite. And the sad part is our hypocrisy in the church is killing. It's killing the gospel. It's killing the world. It's killing our churches. It is literally killing our children, our families, our country. So how does this fit into anything? What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, remember, what, what did he say? I will choose free will. And so you can keep choosing to follow free will and do as you wish, but remember, you have the free will to go with God or to walk away from God. There is no in-between. You don't get to be an ambiguous entity. You. you do not get to stand here and do nothing about anything. I'm not saying that you have to be eyeballs deep into everything. 
But I'm saying that you have to understand who you are in Christ. We are the body and we all look different. We all have a different role to play. But when the church is silent, the world dies. Because Satan wants this world to be done. He wants you to rot in hell with him. And God wants us to live forever in the heavens and praise him every day, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and always will be. Amen. But hallelujah, singing with the heavenly hosts of angels. Hallelujah. Can you imagine how sweet it is? And no. We choose to sit silent. I will trade a moment of peace for a lifetime in heaven. Because how can you walk with unforgiveness in your heart with Jesus Christ filling your heart? How can you walk silently through this world and watch as all these things are happening? What more is it going to take before the church wakes up? Before the church realizes that our inactivity is killing? And I don't say it to guilt trip anybody, but if the church doesn't wake up, if we don't recognize and realize that we have a mandate from heaven, anointing from the Father on each and every one who calls themselves a believer of Christ Jesus, man, we're missing the boat. And the sad part is it has eternal consequences. You gotta remember Jesus. But what did he do? Right, like he held firm to the message of the Father unto the cross. Where he died for us. He came so that we would know the message of salvation. So that we would know the love of the Father. So that we could be instigated to move, if you will. So that we could stand firm on the rock of Jesus Christ. Perhaps it's time to make a choice and stick to it. It's your choice. It's free will. Each and every single one of us, it's your choice. I can't sit up here and make you feel anything. The words that I speak are simply words. They have no bearing at all unless you take them in. You decide to chew on them, to gnaw on them, to listen to what God is speaking through this mouth to your heart. I can't make you feel any certain way. That's you. Mine are words. How you receive them is how you receive them. You can know, because I said it before I started, that I love you ridiculously, knowing full well what happens to church after church after church after church, and yet we have the audacity to stand in front of people and pour the love of Christ out. If that's not love, I don't know what is. I've never seen it before. 
Because I can't love any more than I do. I can't. I don't always do it right, but forgive me. For the love of Peter, Joseph, and Mary, forgive me. Forgive one another. It's your choice. Choose to fight the good fight, the one that Jesus died for, not each other. Choose to stand up and fight for the least, the last, the lost, and the lowly, the broken, who don't even know who Jesus is yet. Fight for them. If you want to fight, there's a fight to be had. Amen. But it's your choice. Which way are you going to fight? What are you going to fight for? I'm going to encourage you, but it's your choice. It's your choice. You can take some time with the Word. You can start developing a love affair with the written word of Jesus Christ. Or you can keep going the same way you're going. Do you like where you're going? Do you like what it's producing? Or can you, like me, believe that God wants to change me from the inside out? That there is more and even better things waiting for me. As I'm willing to give God more of me. So it says in Romans 6, 1 and 2, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? What do you think unforgiveness is? Sure, you can pick on homosexuals all day long if you want to. How many of you know somebody who goes to church that's a drunk? How many of you know somebody who goes to church that's a gossip? A slanderer? Straight up liar? What are we doing about that one? What if it's us? Okay, and then what? Because <coughs> you have to start believing in something different than what you know. Because we know, you know, like forgiveness, while it's this absolutely incredibly huge thing, it's also really basic, right? So it's something that we learn, right? For, for he who forgives has been forgiven much and so on and so forth. And pastors have been preaching that forever. And if you spend any time in church, you hear about it. But if forgiveness, repentance, if all these things don't lead to something, then what are we doing? If I'm not walking with God, so God calls me and mandates me to go that away, and I choose to go this away, what am I doing? I'm rebelling, which is what? Is it sin? So what are you doing with the call that's on your life? And you're not doing it. But see, God is a lover, and he says, you've got free will. You can follow me, or you can follow the world. 
How much more can he show you that he loves you before you say, God, I'm on board. I don't care what it is you call me to. I don't care. Because I would rather spend the rest of my days, even if I die tomorrow following you, I would rather do that than spend the next hundred years walking away from you. Amen? Amen. I would rather spend one day, but it's great in word until we got to put it into action. Because there's something that the pastor knows as well. Who's serving the church? Who's doing the things that God is calling us to do? How are we doing? Right? You know what that causes a pastor to do? When they're sitting there and they're scraping and they're doing all that stuff and their knuckles are hurt, their body's wore out, their brain is absolutely exhausted, and they're the only ones doing something, they keep doing it while they're doing it. They're praying. Not, Lord, I pray that these people get it. <laughs> but we pray. We pray because there's so much beauty in the blessing of God and serving the kingdom of God that it takes away that desire to serve self. Right? Like there is nothing greater than serving the Father. I've been doing it for 15 years now, and I've been wore out, tired, beat down, chased, threatened my life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I will get up every day that he gets me up out of bed, and I will preach his name. I might not do it perfect, but I pray to him that Father straighten me out, because I'm a mess. And I don't want to willingly walk into sin, but I want to walk into the obedience. I want to walk into the calling of the Father, because that call is so beautiful in my life. It's something absolutely wonderful. But guess what, y'all? Pastor ain't the only one. The pastor, yeah, mic drop. Perfect. <laughs> making no choice is still making a choice. So you can say, I'm going to pray about that. And lo and behold, six months later, you're still praying. Well, I haven't heard anything. Year later, no, nope, still ain't got nothing. I just don't want to rush into anything, Pastor, so I'm just going to put it to prayer and, you know, you're still living in sin? Are you still doing, are you still shacking up? Are you still doing that thing? I don't know. You getting drunk? You smoking a little weed on the side? What you doing? What you doing? What are you doing? God knows. God knows, but the beauty of it is, is there's forgiveness for the love of Peter, Joseph, and Mary. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's like, let's have a come to Jesus meeting, not so I can pound you into the ground about what you're doing wrong, but so I can lift you up from the ashes and you can begin to live. Because you are not living if you're not walking with the Father. You are perpetuating death. And you are on your way down the hill continuously into the pits. Condition of the heart that makes you want to follow the Lord. You see, because he says that some people will get to heaven and he'll say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. You see, and we can read all these places in the Bible 
all these places in the Bible that talk about and talk about and talk about that it is out of the blessing and the obedience of God that calls us to do stuff, that calls us out of the dust, that calls us to walk into that obedience. It says that out of obedience and into the blessing come the works. Right? They will know we are Christians by our love, and yet it's one of the most hated places in most towns. Why? Why do so many people hate the church if the church is filled with people who love? Where are we? And again, it's not to condemn, it's to wake up, sleepers, wake up. Body, daddy, every dag burn body has got to wake up. The sun has risen, and it is set, and it has risen again for eternity. Amen? Amen. So why are we living like we're in the dark? You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only, Matthew 4.10. You see, because so many of us worship the world that that's the very thing that we feel we have to follow, and so that's what we follow. But by following Him, we are worshiping, we are giving more credence to the world than to our Creator. And we can't do that and do this. This brings us right back to the middle where we're not making a decision. But do you have enough faith in you? Do you have a Holy Spirit in you to actually say, I don't care what this world says. I'm following the Lord. And you can take me down if you want to, but I'm going to die serving a God who will build me up, who will bring me to eternity with him. It'll be as though I just fell asleep for a moment. And bang, I'm right there with them. It's free will. But the church doesn't have the guts to go down to the Capitol when there's an abortion rally and they're standing against abortion in the state. I know people who've had them. beautiful, incredible people who felt so hurt, who felt so tore up that had no choice or so they felt. You see on Facebook all the time, well, why isn't the church stepping up and doing what they should do? That's a good question. Why aren't our churches busting at the seams? Christ didn't have to die for, for a lot of what we do. But praise God that he did. Amen. Praise God that he did. To show us love. To show us peace. To show us that it doesn't matter what the world is going to do. It doesn't matter. To worship the Lord your God and him only. Him only. But can you say it? Do you put finances in its right place? so that our churches can make a difference. You see, because you think that the church may or may not need whatever they may or may not need, but that's not your call. You're called to be obedient. You're called to be an obedient giver, but are you an obedient giver? Are you obedient in your giving? And that's important. Because how is a church that is sponsored by God's call through his people going to do what it's called to do if you don't do what you're called to do. We're left floundering going, now what do we do? 
That's one small example. If my wife would let me, I'd, I would adopt every dagburn kid there is. I don't know how we'd do it, how we'd pay, where we'd put them, but boy, if there was a way to do it, I would do it. There would not be one baby killed in the state of Wisconsin if the church could do what the church wanted to do. Or at least if the church should do what the church should do. Jesus was being tempted by Satan and served God instead of the easy way out. Do you remember this? This is where this comes from. That Jesus is out in the desert being tempted by Satan. Forty days in the desert, hungry, lonely, tired. And he chooses to serve God only. Romans 1, 11, and 12. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. But how often are we talking? How often are we truly getting together and sharing stories of our faith? We have more stories about what it was like at work instead of how I interjected my faith into my work day. Yeah? I got to minister to a kid, 21 years old, 22 years old, having the roughest time of his life, young, married, controlling mother-in-law, baby, separated, and he's tore up from the floor up, and the kid is just an emotional wreck. And here we are in the middle of this plant, and he's crying. Because I'm telling him that God loves him. Because I'm telling him that God understands. And I'm telling him that if he gives his life over to Christ, that it'll make a difference. You know, I'm talking to him, and I'm just loving up on him. Not because I'm so great, but because Christ in me is so great. Amen. Right? And so why do we not share these stories? Our church, our table talk downstairs, man, I should all be all about, all about flipping this world up on its ear, amen? Like, let's, let's just flip the tables. Flip the tables on Satan and say, go back to hell. Amen. Go back to hell because we're done playing with you. Like, you out. Gone. So it's pretty encouraging when we get to tell those stories to each other, amen? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed for faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. How many of you actually have enough going on in your world where you know that it is only faith that got you through? Meaning your life is trying, it's tough, and you need faith. And you could tell story after story after story about how your faith got you through another one. How God stood up in the midst of the enemy's face and said, no, this is my kid. No, you're done. You see, because our life, all the tests and the trials become testimonies. They become stories, love stories about a passionate God who loves us so deeply that we could do nothing but to choose him. Right? Like, I could go with that world. It's all pretty and beautiful and all this stuff. But I'm choosing God. I'm choosing God above it all because it is the God living inside of me that has chosen me. 
He's given me an eternity on the streets of gold. And he's chosen me. And this day I choose him. I choose him. He gave me the free will to choose. Amen. And I haven't always made the right choice to follow him, but, but I want to step up my game a bit. I want to step up. I want to step up and I want to be the star on this team. Not that I'm the star, but Jesus is the star. But man, people are going to know. They're going to know because God in me and through me is causing something different. You see, we should be a glow as we walk through the streets. Right? We should be a glow and people are wondering, what is the matter with that person? Like, why are you so happy? How many of you guys get sad because the days are, are short and it's dark and you just mope around and uh, uh, uh. Well, what happens? Because, man, we've all been there. There ain't one person in this room that ain't been affected by it. Right? Like, I, I went to Seattle and I couldn't even do that. Like, keep me out of that hell. Uh-uh, that thing rains like all the time, smells like fish forever. No! Why do you want to be dark and damp and smell like fish? Does that Woohoo! Let's go to Seattle! Yeah! Oh! Nah. Not for me. I couldn't. How do you get that funk up out your clothes? Like, do you even wear deodorant at that point, or do you just keep pouring on make or the, the perfume and stuff? Like, walk around with a bottle, dump it on your... What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm getting the fish smell off of me, man. <laughs> Just. But some people like it. It's not for me. I'd rather drive around these country roads smelling that cow poo. Right? That fresh, that fresh spring day when they get that first load out from the, from the winter harvest. And, and it just it just ruminates in the breeze. That light spring breeze is blowing over the road. The windows are down for the first time. And, oh, manure. Oh, the smell of manure. And then you drive into town and the grass clip, right? Like, that's good smell. That's, that's what we know and love around here. Okay, so you can't maybe romance too much poo. <laughs> we sure do try by the way we live. <laughs> Can I say that? I can't say that, can I? Romans 3, 23 to 25. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Amen. Whew. That's the word right there. For all have sinned. What's that make us all? Sinners. But it also makes us equal. Right? So one of the things that Torn is formed on is not trying to be those people that think they're any better than anybody else. Because it comes time that a believer in Christ Jesus stands up and recognizes that there's no... I'll give this sin in. Oh, you're, you're way down. You're pond scum. You're here. <laughs> It breaks my heart to hear people in the church talk about broken people who are hurting, who have fallen short of the glory of God, who have done something that they genuinely regret and have repented for, and the church won't help them mock up. One of the things Torrance is going to do one day, we will stand for the ones with that capital F next to their name that can't get a job. Felon. Because it's hard. How do they get a start? How do they live life redeemed? 
renewed, refreshed. How do they do it? Because the world wants to keep it at eight bucks an hour when we're living in a $20 an hour world. What's that cause you to do? I might as well go back, give me three hots and a cot, and I'm out, peace, right? I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, because that's what I know. I'm a failure everywhere else, so what's, what's the diff? Like, I'm just gonna roll. We hold our sins as though we were holding wealth, and the truth is we are simply holding a false belief system. Old thinking, thinking that leads to death and not to life. So what's your sin? What's your thing that you're, what's the thing that you're dealing with? What's your thing? Your sin that you ain't telling nobody about. What is it? What is it? Well, I'm withholding my gift from God. I'm not believing God for what he's given me. I don't believe that he's given me enough. I'll tell God when I got enough. And then, then I'll do something. I'll tell God when I hear his voice, then I'll serve the community, the church, the fallen, the broken, the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. Then I'll help somebody up out of the street. Then, but not until then, but if you don't think that you're sinning, holding on to that sucker like a badge. And really, when you think about what's going on in your heart and in your head, there's some blockage. Remember, we were talking about that blockage at the beginning of the message. That blockage that won't allow something to get through. Remember, we are talking about worship and how worship helps to break the clogs up in your life. Getting to that place where you can forgive yourself, where you can actually take in what God is telling you and believe it, receive it, believe it, and walk in it. Amen? Right? Like, we've got to get to that place, y'all. We've got to get to that place where we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, where we take what God is telling us as the gospel truth, not the gospel truth when I'm good enough. Because it said that Jesus was a propitiation. That means he took the place for our sins. So now sinful isn't part of your definition anymore. Not good enough is not part of your definition anymore. Too fat, too short, too tall, too skinny, too this, too that, not enough this, not enough that. It's not part of your definition anymore. Amen? Because we serve a God who sent his son to make us all equals. Right? Now we all have calls. Amen? And so you got to watch. you got to watch some of the things. Like we're equal, but I'm still pastor. That doesn't put me above you. That puts me below you. That means that the call from God is something special. We are on the same field, but I have a different role. There's an apostle, an evangelist. Amen. There's teachers. There's all these gifts and these offices that God is calling us to. And the sad part is that some of you are called to some of those roles, but you won't get out of your own way to let God get in. And so you're stopping what God is calling you to do by your own defiance to his calling on your life. Why would you do it? It's like actually stepping in the way and failing the test. Even though you know the information, you're just going to mark C on every box and hope like hell that you get enough to pass. But you already know, but you don't have the confidence. See, somebody told you you're stupid. And so you're just going to answer C. Because you heard when in doubt. 
circle C. What happens if you hurt B? and you're beautiful and you're kind. You have an incredible life ahead of you. Don't ever let the world tell you what you are. Let God define you. And I say that to each and every one of you because sure as I look at that little girl, God looks at each and every one of you and says, don't you stop. Don't you ever believe anything but what I'm telling you because the enemy wants to keep you down. You see, but we carry that false belief like it's our bad. It's our trophy, look what I want. I'm the dumbest person here. And I've heard it out of people that call themselves believers. You see, but it's free will because you get to make the choice to follow God and what he tells you or to follow the world and what it tells you. It's your free will. God's not, not a mean God. He's not going to pound it into your head. He'll present it. Every word that Jesus said on the night in which he was betrayed was one of love. When you know what you and I would have said, you know it. But he was powered by the Holy Spirit to speak love, to speak truth. And just because you think you're stupid doesn't mean you got to act like it. Because I'm telling you that you're more than that. And if you don't believe me when I tell you that from God, then I don't know why you're sitting here. I don't know why you come back week after week after week if you don't believe what I'm saying. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Stay at home and watch Jeopardy or something. Alex and the gang, they always have, they always have the right answer, right? Vanna's spinning the right blocks and, you know, the whole thing. Like, they got all the answers. Because, I mean, all I got is this. This is all I got. And if this ain't the truth in your world, we need to talk. Because this is where I get, this is where I get the word that tells me you're smart, that you're beautiful, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are more than enough, you are more than the sum of the mistakes you've made. Amen? That today, today God's mercies are new. Today, today you can stand up and you can receive Jesus Christ in your heart for real. You can say, God, remove these blocks from me so that I can receive in fullness the goodness of your gift and your glory, your grace, your beauty and your love for me, that I can receive everything that you have for me, God. Let me receive that today because today marks the day that I am giving you everything, Father. I can't hold on to what the world tells me, but God, you gave me free will, and I'm going to choose this day to follow you, to follow your word. This day is going to be different, and I'm going to kick the enemy to the curb every time he tries to run his mouth in my ear. I'm going to tell him to go straight back to hell. I'm going to stand up like I'm a grown-up, and I'm going to tell Satan to go straight to hell because that's where he needs to go because that's the will that you gave me, God. You gave me the will to choose you, and I choose you, and you gave me your strength, your Holy Spirit, and I have the power and the authority to kick Satan to the curb. I don't have to follow and I don't have to believe what he's telling me. That game is played out. It's run its course. It's over. 
Jesus died on the cross, and guess what? Sin can't get across that bloodstream. Can't do it. You're blood bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he loves you. Ridiculous. Him who has ears to hear, hear. And he who doesn't, won't. Doesn't mean you're not good enough. It means you're in a different place. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. No matter the bad days, doesn't matter. They're hard. If we learn to be family, if we learn to be equals, if we learn to love and share and care for one another, will make a difference in this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So if you would bow with me and we'll pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you because you are ridiculously amazing. You, uh, <laughs> you are glorious. You are everything that uh, we just don't even, didn't even know we could be, Lord. Father, I pray a special blessing and anointing over this room tonight and anybody watching online. Father God, we know that you can work over the interweb. So work, Father God. Do your thing. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Fill each believer, fill each person with a refreshed and renewed vision of themselves and how they fit into this world. 8 to 80, deaf, dumb, or crazy, Lord God, bless them all. We love you, Father God, because you're awesome. And I'm not counting out those over 80 or those under 80. So Father God, love them. Fill us up, Lord. We need more of you. We need more of you in our lives to be the strength and power. Father, where we're resisting, I just pray that you would break down walls. We're prisoners of a false belief system. So break down the walls, kick open the gates, send forth your warring angels as you did for Paul and the gang as they're sitting in prison. Open up the doors. And we'll stand right here and we'll worship you. And we'll go forth when you call us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, all his kids said, amen. 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 Yeah. So, uh, something that... Hold on a second. Sarah wants to share something here real quick. I don't really want to, but it is what it is. Um, 